Welcome to the Harvest Community Church Ohio podcast. Our passion is to welcome and care for wounded and hurting people where they are in their journey so that they may find purpose and joy in a relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope that you are blessed by listening today. Thank you for joining us, and God bless. All right, well, hey, today we're continuing in our series, uh, the gospel in the Gospel of John titled, Jesus Christ, the Light of the World. And we're going to be listening in as, a, as Jesus comforts and encourages his disciples on things they need to know, things they need to do without his physical presence with them. He's been telling them, I'm going away. Uh, I'm, I'm, he's been talking about betrayal. He's been talking about even his death. And, and so I think one of the big questions on their mind is this, how, how, how then shall we live? How, how, how are we going to do this without you here, Jesus how are we going to make it? And in uh, our opening passage is, is a prayer, I think, kind of that reflects the kind of prayer they had in their hearts. Here it is. Take a look. Psalm 25, verses 4 and 5. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth. And teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Lord, I'm not moving. I'm not doing anything unless you, the great general, you, my God, you, the one who saved me, you, the one who knows me intimately, even the number of hairs on my head. I'm not going to do anything until you say move, till you say do it. And so what a great prayer. What a, and that'll be the heart of uh, our prayer for the day in a few moments that we're going to put up on the screen and pray. But for right now, would you please Open up to John chapter 14, verses 1 to 17. That's where we're going to be today. That's what we're going to be looking at and learning some of these things we're talking about. And if you need a Bible, just raise your hand or a pen or some notes. We've got uh, Dave and Brian over here coming around, and they'll take care of you. So just raise your hand, and they'll get you a pen or a Bible or some notes. Up here, uh, Brian, we've got Jade's. And then over here, right over here. Yep, right here. Fantastic. Okay. And take a look on the screen. You'll see the, also the prayer for the day. And uh, I'm going to, in a few moments, I'm just going to lift that up. And you, you'll, you'll notice it very much reflects what's in Psalm 25, verses 4 and 5. So let's go, ahead and, let's go ahead and do that right now. Would you bow your heads with me in prayer? Dear Lord Jesus, please be here. Be present. Please teach us your ways. We know that you are here you're in our midst. Please make your will known to us. Lord, we want to live victorious Christian lives. We want to do that through you. You're the God who saves us. We trust your spirit to lead us. Please help us to wait for your guidance, to lean not on our own understanding, Lord, but to lean on you. Please help us to love you well in word and indeed, I pray, amen. Hey, would you please stand with me in honor of God's word? We honor God's word here, so please stand with me as I read those verses. John 14, 1 to 17. Jesus, speaking to his disciples, said, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. 
In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do, not, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it's enough for us. We're satisfied then. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Verse 10. Do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? That I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, in my person, with my purpose, I'll do it. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Dear Lord, teach us what you want us to learn today. Thank you for your word, I pray in your name. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Please be seated. Let's go ahead and get our notes ready. We're just going to jump right in and start walking back through those and make some observations. So here's, here's the first observation. Uh, write this down, right off of verse 1 there. When we're troubled... We can find peace when we choose to believe that God is present and we can trust him. Write this down right off the bat. When we're troubled, agitated, anxious, we can find peace when we choose to believe. You have to choose to believe that God is present and we can trust him. You know, Philippians 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8, right in there is, it's all about this. It's all, it's all about handling anxiety. It's all about finding peace. But take a look. This is what Jesus is saying, verse 1. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. You know, Jesus had been speaking with Peter. If you remember, he said, Peter, you're going you're gonna to fall away. You're going you're gonna to deny me three times. And the disciples are like, whoa, wait a minute. That's our leader. He's falling away. Wow, Jesus, you've been talking about betrayal. You've been talking about your death and going away. And wow, this is, this is a lot. And so they're troubled. They're upset. They're agitated. And so Jesus addresses all of them and, and really says to them, listen, it's like he's saying this. Let your heart be at rest. Let your heart be at rest. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how can I find that kind of peace? 
He says, well, you find that kind of peace when you're upset and troubled by simply believe in God and believe also in me. And you say, wow, that just sounds so simple, and, and in many ways it is. It is. It's so simple. Isaiah 26.3 puts it this way. Look, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Do you trust God really? Do you? Do you, do you really trust that, God, you're in control? Uh, I believe you're in control. Uh, God, I believe that you love me. And God, I believe that you're wise. Do you, do you really have those three things down. God, I, I really believe that you're God. Be still and know that I'm God. I really believe that you're in control. You've got this. And I really believe that you love me. So even this thing that looks bad to me is gonna turn out for my good. And I really believe that you're wise. You're, you're not foolish in allowing this into my life. And, and the end result's gonna be something amazing, something wonderful. You know, because when we say a simple prayer like that along those lines, that God, I know you're here, that, that calms me. I don't know about you. That calms me down right away when I be still and know that I'm God. God, I know you're here. I, I know you see what's going on. You, you know it all. You're allowing this. And not only that, you've got this. You've got it. I can trust you. I think that's a recipe for peace. I really do. So when we're troubled, we can find peace when we choose to believe that God is present and we can trust him. He is in control. He does love us. And he is wise. Well, here's the second thing. Ready? Realize that this world's not our home. And we will eventually be with Jesus in a place that he's prepared for us. Faith will become sight. So write that down. Realize that this is not our home, and we will eventually be with Jesus in a place that he's prepared for us. So verses two and three. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go, excuse me, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. You know, I usually preach this scripture when I do a graveside service. So when I'm standing by the grave there with the family, often I read this passage of scripture and I'll ask the family, what do you think? What kind of things are going to be there in a place that Jesus prepared for your loved one? And, uh, you know, most often, uh, it, it, things that I, I feel very comfortable with and can go right along with, but then uh, one guy, he had a rough pass, <laughs> and uh, somebody said in the crowd, oh, there'll be this there, and I go, well, I don't know if that'll be there, and there'll be plenty of beautiful women. He loved beautiful women, and I was like, and then I looked over at Wendy, and she's in the crowd going like this. And I'm try- I have to be, you know, I'm, oh, yeah, there's probably a lot of beautiful women. In- well, let's pray. <laughs> well, some of you know that we, yesterday we did a funeral for dear Kenny Eubank. If you knew Kenny, he was just heart of gold here. If you didn't know Kenny, you missed out on a gem 
who was here in this place. And, and uh, I, I asked his family that because he's, he, tomorrow he's going to, uh, we did the funeral here, but tomorrow he's going to be buried in West Virginia. And, uh, and, and uh, they have a pastor there who's going to do the graveside ceremony. But I asked him, I said, so what kind of things do you think? Right away his son said, Keith said, there'll be a farm there. And there'll be plenty of people for my dad to help because he loved to help people. And that was so true. Kenny Eubank, if you knew Kenny, it's a beautiful man. I could tell you story after story. And that's often what I think of, though, when I read this passage. But I have to tell you, as I prepared this message, I actually thought of a wedding. And you're like, why would you think of a wedding? Well, let's understand this. The church isn't a building, right? The church is people. And so Christ calls those people that believe in him, he calls them his bride. Men and women, his bride, the church, okay? And he wants the church to be with him. Well, understand this, that where Jesus grew up and where the disciples grew up, when there was a wedding, you'd have this betrothal where they would agree to marry, and then there'd be like a year before there'd be the actual wedding. But in that year, the groom would go to his father's house and prepare a place for his bride so that he could bring her with him, to be with him, and that's where they would stay. So he put an addition on his father's home. That's how things were handled there. So I I thought of that. I thought, wow, that's kind of what's going on here. That's what I kind of picture, that Jesus wants his bride, the church, to be with him in paradise. And now, here's something else that can help our hearts, right, when we're troubled. So not only, I believe that God's here, that he loves me, that, that I can trust him, he's in control, but, but I also believe that in the end, I'm gonna be with him. I'm gonna be with him in paradise, and he wants me to be with him. Look at this prayer that Jesus prayed, John 17, 24, and think about people who you love who have gone on to be with the Lord. Father, I desire that they also, whom you've given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you've given me because you love me before the foundation of the world. Kenny Eubank going on to the Lord was an answer to Jesus' prayer that Kenny would be with him. Isn't that something? This is not our home. Don't get too comfortable here. We're just foreigners. This is a a temporary zone. And if you're younger, it's harder to fathom that. It really didn't hit me full in the face until... uh, the guy was the best man at my wedding, Hank Patrici. I, I loved that guy until he was on the road and some uh, drunk driver hit him, killed him. And I can remember it was Christmas time and I thought, wow, life is temporary. It's brief. It's unpredictable. But you don't have to rest in that. You can rest in the truth that Jesus loves you and wants you to be with him where he is. Amen to that. Amen to that. All right, here's the uh, third thing. Ready? Our access to heaven is not by way of a program, like keeping the law, you know, doing all the right things. It's only through knowing Jesus. So flip over those notes. Look on the backside. Number three, our access to heaven is not by way of a program, like keeping the law. It's only through knowing Jesus. This is what he wanted his disciples to understand. This is what he wants us to understand. You don't get to heaven by, well, I've done a lot of good things, man. I've been a good guy, and I've done a lot of good works. Uh, That isn't the way. No. Take a look at verses 4 and 5. And you know the way to where I'm going. 
Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one, absolutely no one. There aren't many ways to heaven, folks. I'm sorry. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one. Jesus and Jesus alone. So knowing Jesus is the only way to paradise. The only way. And you can't gain access to heaven through keeping the law, doing a bunch of good works. No, you can't. Or by believing in some other person, it's only Jesus. I think of this, too. When I, when I think of trying to earn heaven with good works, I think of Matthew eleven twenty eight. Look at this. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Now think about who he's talking to. He's talking to Jews who are trying to keep the law. Jews who are working hard. He was speaking to them, and he was saying, stop that. Stop trying to earn God's approval Salvation is a free gift. Look at this, Romans 5, 17. Look, for if because of one man's trespass, Adam, death reigned through that one man, much more, much more, you have the much more, will those who receive the abundance of grace, and look, the free gift of righteousness, God bestows it on whom he will. Those Reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. They have victorious Christian lives. They do. They will reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ, because they've received that free gift. So never forget that our access to heaven is not by way of a program or some other person. It's only through knowing Jesus. Never forget that. All right, well, here's the fourth thing. Write this down. Believe that Jesus and the Father are one in essence. Jesus truly is almighty God. Have you ever had somebody say, yeah, Jesus is God, he's just not almighty God. We had a guy try to persuade me of that, and I showed him all kinds of verses, and I said, look, what you, here's, look what Jesus is saying here. Uh, I disagree. Well, I said, then go join the, what is that, the, that church down the road, they believe that, and anyway, one in essence, deity, God, very God. Here, read verse 7 with me there. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And I guess another way to understand it is if you knew me deeply, you would know the Father deeply. That's another way of understanding what he's saying there. But from now on, you do know him deeply and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father. It's enough for us. Just show us God, the Father, and we'll be satisfied. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and still you don't know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Jesus is telling him, if you want to know what the Father looks like, look at me. And then look what he says in verse 10. Do you not believe that I'm in the Father, and the Father's in me? The words that I say... To you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works, so he's got words and works. Believe in me that I'm in the Father, and the Father's in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. So he gives three things. He goes, listen, if you're not going to believe me, what I'm telling you, then just look at my character, and look at my words, and look at my deeds. I'm telling you, the Father and I are one. Just look at my words my character, 
in my deeds. Well, this was difficult for them to understand. It's hard for us to understand, isn't it? They didn't have the indwelling Holy Spirit yet. We do, and it's still very hard to understand the Trinity. The teaching of the Trinity, it's not something that anyone can easily grasp. Here, uh, uh, Rob, can you skip to verse four, uh, to slide 45, where I, I think I have, gave you slide 45. I hope I did. The doctrine of the Trinity. Just skip one slide. I hope I gave you that one. There it is. The doctrine of the Trinity means that there's one God who eternally exists as three distinct persons, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's what we believe. We believe in the Trinity, that Jesus is God a very God, that the Holy Spirit is God a very God, that Father is God a very God, they're almighty God, the Godhead, three in one. It's what we believe. And it's even it's evident in, even in the very beginning of Scripture. Here, look at this. Look at this in Genesis 1, 26. Take a look. Then God, and that word for God is in a plural sense, Elohim, it's plural, said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And if you read on, uh, I could do a whole uh, sermon on this where he says, let's make them male and female, so you have a, a man and a woman, and the, and the spirit, the three, in a marriage, there's one, the, you know, the three are one, man, woman, spirit, well, God the Father, three in one, Elohim. So let's understand and believe that Jesus and the Father are one in essence. Jesus is almighty God, and if you want to know what God the Father's like, just look at Jesus. Well, number five, here we go, number five here. If we're going to walk in obedience and do the Father's will, we must maintain a living connection with Jesus through prayer. So write this down. We're coming down here towards the end. Write this down. If we're going to walk in obedience to do the Father's will, we must maintain a living connection with Jesus through prayer. Sunshine. Plants need it. Your spirit, Jesus living inside of you, need prayer like sunshine. Prayer nourishes the life of Christ in you. Look at verses 12 and 13. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will, I, will he do because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, you know, in my per person, uh, with my purpose, it's very important, with my, you know, in my person, with my purpose, I'll do it. You know, it can't be something selfish for you. It's got to be a purpose that Christ would promote and want. You know, a majority of Jesus' life didn't involve miracles, did it? That was the last three years. Most of those miracles, those greater things that we think of, they were evident in those last three years. But most of his life was what? Simply being what? Obedient. Being about his father's business. Being about his father's will. And so you and I, it's only through, listen, a living connection in prayer with Jesus, staying dependent on him, that you and I can be obedient to the Father. 
It's only through a living connection, staying close to him in prayer, that we can perform some amazing things that, you know, even are miraculous that help the building of the church. But basically, we're just talking about living victorious. Taking, look at, look at, taking our hands and our feet and using them as weapons for righteousness and not weapons for evil. Do you know that scripture says that your body is to be a weapon for righteousness? Is it? Or are you continually faltering and failing and being used for evil in the lives of others? And so if we're going to do these works that Jesus did, if we're going to walk in obedience, we've got to have that living connection through prayer. Do you, do you understand there's a definite correlation between our level of dependence and our prayer life. Did you hear that? There's a definite connection between our level of dependence and our prayer life. Here, I, I think I, the more we pray, the more evident it is that we're depending on God. Well, what's the reverse? Sadly, the verse is what? The less we pray, the more independent we are, and the more we're like, Psh, I got this, God. I don't need you. I can do it on my own. And you're not nourishing the life of Christ in you then. You're starving it. And we need to nourish the life of Christ through taking those moments, being still, and knowing that he's God. So remember, if we're going to walk in obedience, be about our Father's will, even do some amazing things, we have to maintain a living connection to Jesus through prayer. Well, six, last one, here we go. How then shall we live? This is the only way. This is it. Ready? <clears throat> we need to know that Jesus will never leave us because he'll be in us. Through another helper, just like him, the Holy Spirit. Jesus will never leave us because he'll be in us. Through another helper, just like him, the Holy Spirit. He's the first helper first advocate, the first encourager comes alongside, says, come on, you can do this. I'm with you. But then he's going to send this other advocate this, uh, to come alongside and be like, we can do this. I can, you can live righteously. You can be a weapon for righteousness instead of a weapon for evil. You can live godly. You can be obedient. You can. But you need the Holy Spirit. It's not all on you. You have to be dependent on him. Look at verses 15, 16, 17 there. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Well, look at that first part. Jesus says this, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. Oh, man. Really? I struggle with being obedient, God. I struggle. Well, if you love him, you're going to do what he says. So you're telling me if I just do my own thing all the time, I probably really don't love it? Well, probably not. You love something else, maybe yourself more. I don't know. You've got to work that out with God. But listen, keeping his commandments isn't about earning salvation. If he says he loves you and you're his, he loves you, you're his. It's not about duty either. Well, I got to do this. I got to do this. It's not about, and it's not about fear of judgment. Oh, 
I'm going to be judged. It's not about, it's about loving him. This pleases him. I love him. I'm going to do it. My wife loves me. Oh, my goodness, she caters to me so much. You do. Don't, 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 don't remind me of this later, okay? I hate when you remind me of things I preach, all right? Just don't do it. All right, love you, babe. Anyway, she caters to me because she loves me. It isn't because she's like, oh, if I don't do this, he's going to kick me out of the house. He's going to treat me, whatever. No, she, she just loves me. So she, she just takes care. And that's how we ought to be with the Lord, where we, I love you, Lord, and I'm just going to do what pleases you. But there's a problem, isn't it? Our flesh can get in the way. That's what Paul said. He said, look at this, Romans 7, 19. Some of you are like, yeah, that's me, right there, right there. Romans 7, 19. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. I'm struggling here. I'm torn. Okay, Mr. Goody-goody pastor, maybe you can live this way, but I can't. I need help. We all need help. I need help. Look, verse 16, and I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another helper. He'll help you to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you. Listen, and he'll be in you. Help me, Holy Spirit. Go ahead of me and help me. We've got to stay dependent. We've got to be in prayer. So Jesus asked the Father to give us another helper just like him. He's, of course, our first helper. And the Holy Spirit is our other helper. And he comes to live in us when we receive Christ as our Savior. So hold on tight to this truth that Jesus isn't going to leave us. He's there. He's with us. And the Holy Spirit is there. He's with us. He's in us. And he's there available to us to help us. He's God Almighty. He can help us. Remember that doctrine of the Trinity? One God who eternally exists as three distinct persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I need you, Holy Spirit. I need you, Holy Spirit. Help me. I can't do this. Blessed are the poor in spirit. I can't do this. This is what CR teaches, isn't it, Mike? I can't do this. I can't. God, I can't do it. I'm dependent on you. And then that's when God says, ah, I'm glad you finally came to your senses. I'll help you. Move out of the way and watch amazing things happen in your life. Uh, At Kenny's funeral, I said, you know, people love Kenny. But you have to understand, Kenny is like the boat. A boat's pretty cool, but a sailboat needs what? The wind, right? And you're like a boat that people look and say, that's a cool boat. I like that boat. But the part they really love about you is when you're moving and the wind's moving through you, and that's the Holy Spirit. That's God moving in you, and people fall in love with the Jesus and the God they see in you. And so you and I got to get out of the way. It's kind of like when you go to drink from a hose and you're like, oh, gee, this hose is, tastes that. You, know, you, don't, you don't want people to taste that, that you want them to taste the living water flowing fresh from the Lord. John seven thirty five. Well, as we close, John fourteen six. look at this. 
just to remind that verse we read. Jesus said to him, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way. Because he provides us with truth. You know, if you go to, like I said, drink from a garden hose, and and it's not that fresh living water, then why would you? I don't want this. Well, there's fresh living water coming from Jesus, fresh. He reveals to us what we need to know about the Father. He reveals to us what we need to know about salvation. He reveals to us how we need to live. And then there's life, eternal, abundant life. We're invigorated, and we're like, wow, I can do this. I can live victoriously. But have you come to him? Have you received him as Savior? Have you? Have you done that? If not, take care of that today. Please, today. And if you're a believer here, have you been living in victory? Have you been living in victory, or or do you keep on doing the very thing that you don't want to do? Do you keep stumbling, faltering, and failing? Listen to me. Pray. Ask God to bring you someone into your life who will commit to meeting with you and who will ask the hard questions. Pray for an accountability partner. Pray and commit to getting that partner. I need that person. I need to find the one. I need to find that person who's going to ask me the tough questions. How'd you do this week with that? How'd you do? I want to know. Come on, man. Let me help you with that. Next time, call me when you're struggling. Come on, girl. If you're having trouble with this, call me. We'll get together. We'll have coffee. We'll find the one who can help you. Commit to that. And then this, surrender over to the Holy Spirit, everything. Just say, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you permission to have more influence and more control over my life. I want to be a weapon for righteousness, Jesus. I don't want to be a weapon for evil any longer. So commit to finding that partner and surrender over to the Holy Spirit. Just say, man, today, do that today. Or maybe, if not here, right here in this place when we close, you know, get out in the woods somewhere. Go for a walk. Get on your knees. Talk to the Lord. Say, please, Lord, use me in a way I've never been used before. Help me to live a victorious Christian life. Let's go ahead and bow our heads now and pause in prayer here before we close and worship. Father, I thank you for this time now that we can pause and think about these things that your word has spoken to our hearts. And Lord, I pray that we would examine our hearts and and not let this just be a part of the service that we just kind of let our minds drift and go, but we would really think about the things that you said to us through your word today. Please, challenge our hearts and help us, Lord, as we meditate now and contemplate on these two questions that are before us, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.